Welcome to this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets on the Mayo Media Network. We are presented, as always, by Prize Picks, and I am Gary and Thorne. We are breaking down everything you need to know for Saturday, April the 10th, and all the baseball goodness within. We've actually got two separate slates over at DraftKings. We've got a five-game featured slate in the afternoon and a six-game featured slate that starts at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. That's the one we're going to focus on when it comes to the DFS and DraftKings side of things. But we will get started on Saturday with some afternoon prize picks because, you know what, maybe you win some money in the afternoon, then you can roll it over and play some prize picks past 7 p.m. as well. So I want to remind you guys, as always, that if you go over to prizepicks.com and sign up using the promo code MMNMLB, you will get your first deposit matched up to $100. You're going to want to make sure you do that if you are signing up. But, you know, you've already signed up at this point, and you've used the picks you've heard across the week. I know we've had some winners this week on the Mayo Media Network, so let's keep things rolling. The first one I want to talk about is Nelson Cruz, and this is like peanut butter and jelly, man. This is tried and true. You just keep going back to it. Nelson Cruz against a left-handed pitcher. This time it's Kikuchi of the Mariners. Uh, I know some of the underlying numbers from 2020 say that Kikuchi is going to be better this season. A bit of a rocky start to his 2021 campaign, and that probably keeps going, at least when it comes to Nelson Cruz, who, since the beginning of 2019, despite his advanced age, ranks first among qualified hitters against left-handed pitchers in isolated power, in WOBA, and in WRC+. His fantasy point prop on prize picks is at 8.5 points. Home run's worth 10, man. Uh, I'm not sure if he's necessarily going to go deep in this game, but you have to like Nelson Cruz against a southpaw. So I will say Nelson Cruz is going over that number on Saturday afternoon. Someone I don't think is going to have all that great a Saturday is Trevor Story, The Rockies finally, finally have to leave Colorado and go to some normal altitude, and they're headed to San Francisco where they will take on Logan Webb. And really, that's all you need to know when it comes to Trevor's story. We have got one, a game outside of Coors Field, and two, a game against a right-handed pitcher. A right-handed pitcher I kind of like, to be honest, and Logan Webb. I didn't have the best first start of 2021, but I think he's actually a pretty good pitcher there for the Giants. So, since the beginning of 2019, Trevor Story is hitting just 224 with a pretty underwhelming 87 WRC plus when he is on the road against a right-handed pitcher. These are the two splits you want to make sure to get Story in. And to be honest, this Rockies lineup outside of Coors is it's not exactly anything to write home about. So I think it's going to be a tough offensive day for the Rockies, and I don't think Trevor Story goes over seven and a half fantasy points so again i like the over for nelson cruz 8.5 i like the under for trevor story over on prizepicks.com promo code mmnmlb all right let's get to the six game featured slate on DraftKings for saturday once again things kick off there at 7 p.m eastern time so you've got tons of time to set those lineups as Nelson Cruz hits three home runs 
in the afternoon. All right, let's start right at the top of the board when it comes to the pitchers. We've got an intriguing slate for pitchers. Uh, Julio Urias and Chris Paddock are your number one and number two when it comes to pricing. Urias, 9,500. Paddock is 9,200. Both have great matchups. Um, I mean, just two of the teams I think a lot of people have been picking on so far this season. One, a little bit more complex than the other. I mean, obviously the Nationals, uh, who the Dodgers are playing on Saturday, they're still missing Josh Bell. They're still missing um, Kyle Schwarber. They did get a bunch of players back on Friday, which included both of their catchers. I know Jan Gomes actually appeared in Friday's game. So they're slowly getting healthier. Uh, Patrick Corbin will be starting this game for the Nationals. He was also on the COVID-19 injury list to begin the season. So they're getting there, but they are still a team that is leading off Victor Robles and having Ryan Zimmerman or the husk of Ryan Zimmerman back cleanup. As long as you don't let Juan Soto and Trey Turner beat you, you're going to beat this team. And they got shut out by Walker Bueller on Friday. And I think that's going to be a pretty common occurrence until they get back up to full strength. So Urias, not the best strikeout stuff in the world that sometimes caps his upside, but he did look really, really good in his first start of the season. Uh, and I would say that that's where I'm leaning, uh, at least when we're talking about Urias versus Paddock at the top of the board, because while Paddock might have the better matchup against the Rangers, I mean, this Rangers offense, is, is it's pretty pitiful. A uh, lot of swing and miss as well. So it really translates to DFS. Their strikeout rate has been hovering around 30% for the season. However, what, when Paddock has struggles, it tends to be because of left-handed bats. And that is the one area where Texas does have a little potential. They've got some very dangerous left-handed bats at the top of their order in Joey Gallo, in David Dahl, and in Nate Lowe, who's having an amazing start to the 2021 season. Paddock is also, he's a pretty simple pitcher to figure out if he's not exactly right. And that's kind of what happened in his first start of the season for the Padres. He is fastball slider, and that's pretty much it. And I think that when it comes to someone like Joey Gallo, obviously tons of swing and miss with Joey Gallo. He's kind of the poster child for the three true outcomes we have in baseball right now. But if you're going to throw 65% fastballs, that's a lot of fastballs to uh, Joey Gallo. And you have to remember Paddock last season. Yeah, the baseball is different, small samples, et cetera, et cetera. 2.27 home runs per nine to opposing left-handed batters. So Look, I think he's still one of the better pitchers on this slate. He's still viable. But if I'm talking about spending more than $9,000, I'm going to lean Urias over Paddock just because some of those left-handed bats in that Rangers lineup scare me just a little bit. But one guy I like more than both of those dudes, which is kind of odd for me to say. I've never really been a Zach Eflin believer. Um, he's just not someone who I trust on a day that ends in Y. Um, and unfortunately, Saturday ends in Y. But this is a very good matchup for Zach Eflin. And we saw it play out in his first start of the season against the Braves. He gets the Braves again in his second start of the season on Saturday. And the reason that I like Eflin so much in this spot is that throughout his career, this has been pretty consistent, Zach Eflin has troubles with left-handed batters and he's dominant against right-handed batters. The Braves have a ton of right-handed batters. Aside from Freddie Freeman, and I know to say aside from the reigning National League MVP, 
Uh, it's a bit of a stretch for some people, but aside from Freeman and Ozzy Albies, who's a switch hitter, but Albies always has been a much better hitter and a much more dangerous hitter as a right-handed hitter. For his career, he's got a 147 WRC plus when facing lefties, just a 93 WRC plus when he is facing right-handed pitching like Zach Eflin. So essentially, you have one above-average left-handed hitter. You might just have two left-handed hitters, period, in the lineup, and that's where Eflin struggles. For his career, giving up a 409 slugging percentage to right-handed bats, that number jumps to 533 against left-handed bats, but the Braves don't really have any. And right now, Ozzie Albies and Freddie Freeman in general are not exactly in the groove of the 2021 season. So I like Eflin a lot at $8,300. He's shown massive amounts of strikeout potential across the last two seasons, a strikeout rate above 30%. So I'm going to roll with the Philadelphia Phillies right-hander in that matchup. Someone else to kind of take note of, Jeff Hoffman kind of turned some heads in his first start of the season for the Reds. You know, a lot like Paddock, the only reason we're really talking about him is because of the matchup. Right now, the Arizona Diamondbacks are essentially the free space on the baseball bingo card. Uh, Yes, they did get Cole Calhoun back on Friday. That will help the top third of that batting order, but it doesn't make up for the fact that, one, they don't have many hitters aside from Cole Calhoun, who you even know their names. Two, Gatel Marte being on the IL is such a massive blow to that team. He is far and away their best player. So for him to not be in this lineup, it just makes things pretty pitiful on their end. So anyone with a pulse and the ability to throw a 90-mile-an-hour fastball, you have to like against the Diamondbacks. And Hoffman at $6,900, there were some red flags, let's say, in his good start against the Cardinals. Uh, He threw five innings. Um, 7.30 expected ERA in that game. He gave up a lot of hard contact. The average exit velocity for Hoffman in that game was 94.1 miles per hour. A lot of hard contact. So in a vacuum, that would worry me a little bit. But again, this is the Diamondbacks. I think you can just put anyone out there. And Hoffman also had some good. Aside from just the surface numbers in those five innings against the Cardinals, had a 15.6% swinging strike rate. And it's not like this guy doesn't have pedigree either. You'll remember he was a top 10 selection in the 2014 MLB draft by the Blue Jays and then was the key prospect being sent back to the Rockies in the Troy Tulowitzki deal. So there have been some organizations that have thought very highly of Jeff Hoffman in the past. Maybe it's just that he was with the Rockies. That's a really tough card to draw if you're a pitcher in baseball. So let's see how he continues to do throughout the season. We'll monitor it. We'll keep watch of it. This start might not really matter all that much because, again, the Diamondbacks are uh, kind of their own thing. But less than $7,000 against the Diamondbacks, a lot of swing and miss potential, a lot of strikeout potential. I think you have to take note of Jeff Hoffman. The other side of that game, and another reason to like Jeff Hoffman, the win expectancy, Riley Smith is making his first career major league start in this game pitched five innings of relief back on april 3rd he's stretched out um he's gonna work deep into this game as long as he doesn't get rocked early on but he might get rocked early on uh the reds red hot offense right now came into friday's slate leading all of baseball in total runs scored nick castellanos is on fire uh mike moustakis gets a nice left on right matchup um we saw jesse winker return to the lineup on Friday, so he'll probably bat leadoff again for the Reds on Saturday. And if he does, 
$4,200 in a pretty good matchup, uh, that's a pretty good price, and that's that's definitely a price to take note of. So I think the Reds, it's an obvious stack, I understand that, but I, I think you kind of have to go there, especially considering the way that Riley Smith sort of profiles as a pitcher. There's just not a lot of swing and miss there. Uh, and in that five-inning relief appearance I was talking about before, it's not just that he wasn't generating swings and misses. He also wasn't generating any chases. His O swing in that game was hovering around 15%. I mean, he has to work in the zone to even get pitchers to, or excuse me, opposing hitters to bite. And uh, that's that's not the kind of pitcher you want to be against a Reds team with this much power. So, again... I'm not exactly reinventing the wheel here by saying you should exploit the Reds in a pretty good matchup, but I would have to say that's my favorite stack on this slate. And, you know, maybe even like Nick Senzel plays in that game, and he's $3,100, been hitting really well lately. There's value. Like Tyler Stevenson could get a start behind the plate, 3300 for a catcher. There's ways to save money in this stack that I don't hate. All right, let's get to the bets before we close out this episode of Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets, because the title would kind of be lying. If I didn't give you guys some bets, I'm going to focus entirely on that Braves-Phillies game and really dig down into some numbers that I like. First bet in this Braves-Phillies game, total runs scored after three innings. Under 2.5 runs is minus 105 right now on the DraftKings Sportsbook. I like that a lot. Uh, I mentioned already, sort of like all-encompassing, why I like Zach Eflin against this Braves team, this very right-handed heavy Atlanta Braves team. Eflin in 2020 was one of the best pitchers in baseball the first time through an opposing order. He had a 35.6% strikeout rate and a 1.32 FIP. Almost untouchable the first time he was facing a team in a game. So, if that carries over and he can stay clean those first three innings, we're basically already there. And Ian Anderson, no slouch when it came to shutting down opposing offenses early on in games. Obviously, the samples were very small when it came to Anderson. Uh, came up mid-season for the Braves. Um, rookie season as well. Truncated season on top of all of that. So you can take these with a grain of salt if you must. But I think we all know that Ian Anderson is a pretty talented pitcher. And that's kind of the starting place we're working with here. But Anderson opponents slashed 133, 278, 156 their first time through the order against Anderson last season. A 156 slugging percentage. So again, minus 105 for those two teams to combine for less than two and a half runs in the first three innings. I like that bet a lot. Uh, in general, I just like the Braves to go under their team total. Uh, their number is set at four and a half runs. Under is minus 129. I just like Eflin. I think we've talked about this enough. Uh, I was surprised to see that the Braves implied team total is higher than the Phillies implied team, team total on this slate. Um, seems like a lot of people are betting the Atlanta under. Uh, you got to pay a little bit more than to say bet the Phillies under. But, uh, yeah, minus 129 is a number I like. And then, obviously, if you just like a pitcher that much, the Phillies, let's take a shot on them on the money line as underdogs. They're plus 118 right now on the DKSB, so I like that as well. Really really kind of honing in on that one particular game. But we got prize picks, picks in the afternoon. We've got DFS DraftKings picks past 7 p.m. we got a couple bets sprinkled in as well. It's going to be a great Saturday full of baseball and that 
was Fantasy Baseball Picks and Bets, presented by Prize Picks on the Mayo Media Network. I am Gary and Thorne. I will catch you guys next time.